Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good Risings, I'm Liz Arnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. Welcome to our week on attachment. We are joined this week by the expert on attachment, Sylvie Kuhasian, who I am just so honored to be connecting with this week as we explore listener attachment questions. If you want to do a deep dive on attachment, I definitely suggest taking Sylvie's course. You can find that at createthelove.com slash attachment. However, you are going to be getting so much from today's episode, tomorrow's episode, and you're going to learn a lot about attachment. So let's dive into the conversation. Welcome back. This week, we have been talking about attachment, and we are going to dive into another listener question about attachment. So dear Liz and Sylvie, how can I move from avoidant today to a secure attachment tomorrow? Mm, that quick con from, from today to tomorrow. We don't have a lot of time to do this work, Liz. I don't know if I can get there. <laughs> Symbolism. Symbolism. Meta- <laughs> metaphor. Yes. <it> metaphor. <laughs> Again, love these questions when when I hear people that are wanting to embody more secure relationships because, you know, becoming more secure is not just about the self. It's also about we become more available and attuned and responsive to the people in our lives. So when we're talking about avoidance, again, in the first episode this week, we talked about how avoidance develops when a child was mostly, there was neglect, emotional neglect, or there was just a sense of, not really responding to the emotional requests and not really being attuned in a way they're maybe shaming towards that child's needs. So that child can grow up to be that adult who's really self-reliant, self-sufficient, and hard for them to trust other people. Understandably so, right? Makes perfect sense. So we want to bring first and foremost compassion to that because that is one of the biggest pillars of creating and stepping into more secure functioning attachment. And so some of the the difficulties can be again not trusting not taking risks to trust people not really being vulnerable in relationships so ways to become more secure functioning and i say secure functioning very intentionally because i don't know or believe that we just go from being super anxious or super avoided to all of a sudden being secure i don't think that's the goal or should be the goal because i think you know i don't even know if that's helpful to use that terminology we want to we want to create more secure functioning behaviors in our lives. That's my take on it. And so we want to step into those behaviors, which is about secure functioning is about reciprocity. It's about trust. It's about leaning into those quick repairs. It's about prioritizing connection in your relationships. So how can I do more of those things so that I can start leaning towards more secure functioning patterns in my relationships? Taking small risks of vulnerability, even though that might feel really counterintuitive for you. Understanding that even if you have this narrative that you can't trust someone, taking the time to challenge those thoughts. What's the evidence you actually have that this person is not really trustworthy? What have they actually done? Is it actually evidence? Is it based in reality or is it just 
a thought that's looping in your head. And also, you know, finding people around you that you admire that maybe have secure attachment behaviors that you really can sense yourself feeling more drawn to. And I think that's a really nice first step with just being around a person's energy, someone that has a very anchoring presence that can help you embody those things more within yourself. So those are a few things that I would say to start stepping more and more towards secure functioning in your own, within yourself and within your relationships. Anything to add to that, Liz? No, because that answer was beautiful. I loved thinking about it through behaviors because that feels like something people can do. I'm with you. Right? It's about learning to engage differently in your relationships. It's not that you have to no longer ever feel anxious again or no longer ever feel that pull to like back away. It's just kind of challenging yourself to try things that help your relationship become more securely functioning. And I loved the examples that you gave. Amazing. And and that's what it is about because You know, it's not about waving a magic wand on top of our head or on the side of our body, wherever we would wave wave it and just, you know, being this way. It's it's your actions that are going to facilitate because what happens is when you start taking those small risks of vulnerability, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel like, whoa, this is not a good feeling, wrong move. But that's actually not true unless you're sharing your vulnerability with someone who's, of course, really dismissive or not really holding your vulnerability. We can go that direction, too. But if you're sharing your vulnerability with people that are really warm and responsive and really look for those people because you want to practice with those safe feeling people and take that risk, see if how they respond, pay attention. If they're responding in those ways, that means that you can share a little more next time so that your tolerance for intimacy and for vulnerability can start to grow, can start to stretch. You can start journaling. Another thing that I share with people that have avoidant tendencies is start practicing to name your needs throughout the day. Have a little journal out, even on the, you know, next to your desk, a couple times a day, just, you know, what is a need you're feeling or what is just a sensation you feel in your body, an emotion that might be arising that you are quickly wanting to dismiss or logically bypass? Because that's, again, that's what you've had to do. How can you just write it down? Oh, I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel excited. I feel turned on. Whatever is happening, just take a few moments because the more you can acknowledge those things within yourself, it's also going to make it easier to share what your thoughts are, what your feelings are with other people and facilitating more connected relationships in those ways. I'm Liz Earnshaw and you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thank you for listening to Good Risings. If you enjoy this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. We love hearing from you. Until next time, love on your loved ones. And when that gets hard, tune in to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.